0: This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max. But today I'm joined by he was a Brisbane Bullets star, then he was an Illawarra Hawk star with his brother Sam Frolling. Man, they're a family renowned for their last name, Shane and Jenny, the son of Shane and Jenny, the the sister of Keely Frolling, who we've had on the podcast about 50, 60 episodes Go the brother of Sam Frolling. It's now a Brisbane Bullet superstar, Harry Frolling. Welcome to the show, Harry. It's an honor to have you on, man. I've been trying to get you on for a little while. It's so great to have you on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, make sure you don't forget Alicia. Alicia also plays. Uh, yes,
0: absolutely. Gotta
1: kick- <laughs> and,
0: and then we'll decide who's um who's the best Frolling in the family, eh?
1: Yeah. Oh, probably me, I reckon. Sam Sam talks himself up, but does he? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Did
0: he, t- did he talk himself up in front of mom and dad? Your mom and dad too, or just just regular yeah. guys?
1: Yeah, a bit of rah rah about Sam these days. You know, he's started to play well and made a couple of Boomers teams, and you yeah. Know, he thinks, he thinks yeah, he's all that. <laughs> Down to earth here and there with a couple of play fights and wrestles here and there. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: He, he thinks he's top of the team.
1: Yeah, he thinks he's yeah. top. Yeah.
0: Um, Harry, I'd like to start off with sort of getting into a your childhood. Can you so can you tell me what your childhood was like and what growing up was really like for you?
1: Yeah, it was actually pretty uh, pretty cool, man. Like we had our sort of neighbourhood we lived in in Townsville. Grew up in Townsville, North Queensland. Obviously, it's always sunny, always hot. Um, actually, grew up like two streets away. So dad coached the Crocs, yeah. um, and be able to be as the assistant coach to um, Ian Stacker and cool. Andre also an assistant with him and um, some of the players I had around back then, you know, Mike Kelly, um, Rob Rose, mm,
0: mm.
1: Um, Sam McKinnon, those sorts of guys. So I've sort of had a lot to do with those guys growing up and, you know, they helped me as a baby. And then it's pretty funny to be like around playing with those guys, playing against them and all that sort of stuff. Um, and just growing up in a neighborhood where um, Rob Rose's kid who was one of my best mates. He lived two streets away. And it was oh, really-
0: wow.
1: Mike Kelly's kids were also two streets away. Yeah. Uh, Goodwin's kids, so we sort of all grew up in the same area, and we just you know run the streets from after school till you know the the lights went off, and you'd have to be home. But you know we'd we go around play play at the local park, and uh, it was a pretty cool childhood doing all the NBL stuff and being around basketball so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what was that? What impact did that have on your game personally? Being able to hang around, um, you know, a team culture, a team environment, superstars: Mike Kelly, Andre Lamanus, Sam McKinnon, Rob Rose. Like you, like, you know, it's the, the superstars are all there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was cool, obviously, to see the NBL sort of back. That was back in the glory days, I guess, before it um, revitalised. It went through that sort of slump through the mid, you know, two, yeah. late 2000s and
0: ands.
1: Yeah. But um, to see it, how it was back then and sort of seeing the NBL building back up um, to what it was back then and then obviously expanding and, and becoming bigger than that is um, a really cool thing. And it uh, definitely helped me develop my game and, um, I guess just taking little bits from people and seeing how they play and what they do. And I guess you sort of build your game over that over the years. And um, I guess, obviously, dad coached me growing up a lot in, in juniors. And um, you see nowadays a lot of kids get pigeonholed and put in the positions. Like if you're a big kid when you're 10 years old, you're going to probably be playing four or five, but you might not necessarily. Yeah stay that high your whole life.
0: So
1: yeah, um, just giving kids the freedom to play all positions. And that's what dad did with me growing up. Like I'd play point guard and I'd play the big man. I'd do a bit of everything. You know, I'd play up age groups. And um, when I was under 12s, I'd play under 16s and under 18s. And that's where I'd, you know, learn, learn how to play with better players, stronger players, um, yeah. and just develop in place. So I think that definitely helped me with my versatility and, and how I play. Um, this day, that freedom, and I think it's important because you talk to kids these days, and like sometimes I'll go up and talk to a ten or eleven year old kid at, at basketball, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I play the center in this," and I'm like, you "Probably shouldn't do that. You should play a bit more freely, and coaches should yeah. be in positions because they might be, I don't know, five seven when they're ten years old, but they might yeah. end up staying five, seven their they whole life. They
0: might stay five seven their whole life, and then you got to be a guard. Yeah. So, so, so how does how does that how have you taken that sort of um, mindset into your game, um, moving forward into your career, especially at Illawarra, where, you know, you've, you're playing sort of a big man role who can, you know, come out and shoot the ball effectively?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, from where I'd played previously, my role had sort of changed a bit in Illawarra. I was a bit more of a catch and shoot guy. I didn't really get a lot of post-ups and um, all that sort of stuff. So the way, that, way our team was, you know, the uh, we were pretty guard heavy and, um, obviously all of our points came in the guards position so um then we had duop Reith, who's obviously a, a superstar and um, got his fair share of of uh play so i just sort of had to figure out my role and um, on that team was sort of come in and be a guy that can stretch the floor and um, influence the game where i can i was never going to really come out and uh, average 20 a game playing on that roster and um, that was my role, and it was cool to um, be under Gorge and experience that and develop my game and see I could contribute in a different way, and obviously um, enough that Brisbane had liked where my head's at and um, how I've matured over the last year and um, gave me the opportunity to go back, and um, I think it'll be it'll be good this second time around.
0: So, Sam, can you tell me a bit about what school was like for you? I mean, not Sam, Harry, sorry.
1: School, yeah. No, school's cool. I mean, um, doing athletics and all that sort of stuff, even though I'm not the super athlete, but down in our primary school I was pretty athletic used to beat everyone just got so much bigger um but school was awesome like still talk to all my teachers from um primary school and all that they still reach out to me friends on Facebook and um, we had a really good we went to Annandale State School it was a really cool school and um then high school Pimlico um probably don't have as much to do with them I was there for grade eight eight nine eight nine and ten. um that was that was all right but um, we went to the AIS. I went to the AIS, and then I went to Lake Jininderra College, which is um, obviously the the sort of it's a bit more like university. And um, that was also a lot of fun being there with your best mates and your Aussie team members and running the muck around uh, Lake G. So, um, yeah, it was it was good good childhood, and um, really enjoyed school. It was actually pretty fun now that I look back on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you tell? Can you take me through how you got an opportunity, um, or you know the application process? Um, to be able to go to the AIS?
1: Yeah I mean um, obviously they I guess from the nationals, national titles you make um, I guess they first identify you when you're around 13, 14. Um, you go to those first couple of Oz camps the development camps before there's um, teams really so you go to an ADC and I got invited to that after my under 16s nationals when I was I think 13 turning 14 so that was my first Oz camp and um, obviously, I wasn't the best there, but I guess they saw potential in me. And my sisters were at the AIS; they'd already been there. And I guess they sort of just—you got to play at those tournaments. And um, there's obviously kids that come out of nowhere, but a lot of the a lot of the time, you play at those state championships and then the national championships. And um, if you perform and and they can see some talent or um, that sort of stuff, they they identify you. And I guess going to Oz camps from that first Oz camp to I guess when I made the under 17s team, they saw how much I'd improved and um, how much I had been improving, and obviously um, gave me a scholarship. So, uh, obviously, being being a big fella helps as well. Being 6'8 when Mm I'm 14 probably helps, but um, it's good to go there. And um, I really enjoyed my time with AS, got some great memories.
0: So, what was that like for you? And who did you sort of have to stay in a room with?
1: Yeah. So, uh, my best, one of my best mates is Tom Wilson. Um, Yeah. now obviously he was a gun gun hooper and uh i'd love to see him come back and play in the nbl again one day um get it get the opportunity he deserves um live with him i was roomed right next to him so we got some i looked look through some of the videos from you know it's funny looking back yeah. on it seven eight years ago it feels yeah. like it feels like <laughs> day, but now i'm getting old it's seven eight years ago. <laughs> videos of us just carrying on you know we all had our iphone 4s and stuff and filming each other on that and um, just doing doing hilarious things, and um, obviously Jock Perry. I was good friends with him. Still, I'm close with him to this day, and um, just a good group of guys like that we had. Zave Cooks, um, George Blagajevic, Jack McVay, um, a lot of guys we talked to. Like we had a really good group come through, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time there. Dangak, who's back in the country now.
0: So you're going through the AIS with guys Xavier Cooks, Jack McVay, George Blagajevic, all these kind of guys. So what's yeah. it like to then go out on the court now, um, having had all that history with them and playing with them at the AOS, and actually get to you know verse them, especially especially Xavier Cookson last year when you were uh, when you were at Illawarra.
1: Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, obviously, um I'm, I'm good friends with Zave and he's a really good dude. And obviously, he's doing great things with his career. So, um, it's always good to just see those guys. You sort of just catch up. Like, we lived together for, you know, a year or two for a lot of those guys. And you're in each other's pockets. Like, you're obviously going to be friends for life. Yeah, you don't talk to everyone um, as much as you probably should. But um it is cool. Like, the guys, the guys that I have, I was close with, you know, Jock Perry and... Um, top and like I talk to the guys every week and hang out with them and we catch up and all that and then there's obviously guys that um, you don't catch up with as much that like to do their own thing but um, mm-hmm. it's just cool and you step out there and there's obviously a mutual respect for each other and the AS is such a big deal like that's something no one can ever take away from you um, however long you play basketball and post-career To say you went to the AS is a pretty special thing because um, obviously there's only I guess 10 or 12 scholarships a year and I think it's expanded now with the Global Academy, but even that, that's not the same as saying you went to the earth. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Can you tell me about the backyard rivalries between yourself and Sam and Alicia and Keely um, back when you were growing up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Keely said, but Sam, if you get Sam on, he'll probably say something different. There wasn't there was really many rivalries. I pretty much dominated everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, like, I left home when I was 13, 14. Yeah. Well, what I've been. No, 14, 15, probably. Um, Sam was still 12. We're all two years apart. So Sam was, by that time, when I left home at 15, Keely and Alicia were already gone for two years. Yeah. Because they were seven. Yeah. 12, 13. And I was like, I was a bit more of a man. He was still, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. So I was still beating him and everything. Um, He'd like beat me. But at that age, he was no chance. He, He can get me in a few things now, but. Um, at that age, I was—I was, you know—we played one on one in the backyard. I'd always win. Uh, the dunk comes, I'd always win. When the girls were back home and I was ten and they were twelve, I'd play the girls in two on one. I'd win.
0: You win. Uh, oh,
1: those—they they like started late. They only started when they were like ten or something playing yeah, basketball. Right. Yeah. Um, I know they probably say different, but it was just that age where Sam was a bit too young and little, and then Keely and Alicia just dominated when I played against yeah. them. So. <laughs> I left the AIS, and then it was just Sam. By the time I left and came back, where he was a bit stronger and a bit more of a a man, um, he'd gone to the AIS. So I got back at I got back when I was eighteen, and he was sixteen, and he went to the AIS. So we never really got that rivalry, where it was a bit more equal.
0: Yeah, yeah. But what were you taking on and Alicia one on two or one on one? No,
1: one on two. Yeah. One on back. two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Obviously, so who's the, the best?
1: Mini hoop, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. On a mini hoop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So who's the best shooter in the family, you think?
1: Uh, me, by far.
0: You, no. by far?
1: Yeah, by far. Keely, Keely be second. Oh, Actually, Keely gets shots up. Keely's a volume shooter. I don't know about – not that my percentage yeah, is aggressive. She,
0: yeah, put, she puts a lot of shots up.
1: Oh, you see some of the W – you hear about – and they never stop. I just hear about it nonstop. Keely Froling's got the new record for – For, <laughs> for
0: NBL1 with the Tornadoes.
1: Yeah. But yeah, Keely Froling's got the new – WNBL or MBL record for points scored in the Friday family. She had thirty points on thirty shots. If I got thirty shots in NBL, I'd have thirty.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So um, she's a volume shooter, but obviously, yeah, she's she's a gun. And um, Alicia's actually switched to a left-hand shooting now. So I don't know. I got her and Sam tied for third right now. So yeah,
0: <laughs> but
1: night and day. Um, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Not even close. Not even close. Not even close.
0: All right, Harry's no. just Harry's just too dominant over the rest. Yeah. What, what about your dad? Have you ever have you ever had a battle with him or your mom?
1: Uh, dad was never a shooter. He was a hus- he was a hustle player, physical guy. Um, he was like a Draymond Green, I guess. Probably not yeah. as a playmaker, but you know the guy on defense and yeah. just the pest. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and mum, she never really shot around with us around. She'd rebound and all that sort of stuff, but um, she wasn't as competitive. She's competitive and super competitive, but she would
0: yeah.
1: never yeah first ask. Or anything like that. She just let us fight with dad and fight with That's each right.
0: other. Yeah, yeah. Stay in, the, stay in the good books.
1: Yeah, exactly. She'd
0: <laughs> so then, in 2015, um you got signed by the Townsville Crocodiles. Can you tell me a bit about how that came about, and you know, signing with your hometown?
1: Yeah, I mean, um people think I just sort of went there as a DB, which I did, but I was actually on the ro- I was actually on the roster. So. Um, I was at the AIS at the time, and I was going to college the next year. And uh, I think big Luke Shenshi got injured for the Crocs. And they had – so you had to have 10 or 11 players on the the roster. And they were going to sign another – like try and get another Aussie in and sign them to a contract. So they offered me a contract. And I – obviously wanted to go but I didn't want to get paid so we changed it to a non-paid contract which was a DP spot but I was in I was actually in the 10 or in the 11 so yeah. I wasn't 11 plus So I traveled I went to all the away games um I was on the roster I went so that was pretty cool and a good experience at the NBL level and that was very young obviously right before the Crocs folded but when the NBL had sort of just started to be taken over and um, sort of evolve into what it has today. So um, it's pretty cool. I've been around, been around for a while now. When you look at it, I've been around
0: yeah.
1: the M- as a player for seven years yeah. now. So, um, it's pretty crazy thinking I'm only 24. So,
0: so what's it like to watch the evolution of the NBL and how it's grown over the past eight years?
1: Yeah, it's huge. Obviously, um, there's still some things that is building and improving on and all that, and you see it happening like to this day. But um, the way Larry's just taken over and and just you know, he's put it on a pedestal, like put money into it, obviously at his own risk and um, hopefully it pays back tenfold for him, which I'm sure it is. Now you hear about some of the valuations of, of the league and all that sort of stuff and the sponsors coming on, but, um, you know, for him to take that risk and um, out of his own pocket and, and and really do this and, and evolve the league, it's been really, really cool. Cause um, obviously I think it's a sport that uh, would have been hard to get back um, if it had a fallen off and then be all folded for a couple of years. And, um, it would take a lot longer to build back up. So the fact he took it over, built it up to where it is now and uh, look at how respected we are um, around the world and, and just the, the talent coming through and how hard it is to even get on an NBL roster these days. Like, it's not an easy league. You're just going to walk into and there's a lot of people that miss out and uh, you got to cherish that and obviously make the most of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned before, you know, going to college um, after you had that experience at the Townsville Crocodiles for a year. Can you tell me a bit about how you got into college and? what your college experience was like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I uh, got recruited, me and Tom Wilson, who um, I was talking about before, we both got recruited to SMU and um, it sort of came down to SMU or Arizona for me. And um, Laurie Markenham was actually, had just finished at Arizona and that's what they sort of were selling me on, like coming in and sort of playing his role. And mm-hmm. um, SMU, Larry Brown was there and um, obviously Hall of Fame coach and he was on the phone to me and pretty much said, like, we want you here. I'm going to be here. I'm not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. So I um, ended up going to SMU. Had a really good time there. Like, it was cool. Great teammates, great people, great city in Dallas. But um, a week after I got there, Larry Brown left. So, oh. yeah, being a 17, 18-year-old kid, I didn't really know how to handle that. And I sort of mentally checked out. So um, at semester break, the first semester of my freshman year, I transferred to Marquette. And uh, obviously, same thing, like, I had a really good time there. I knew, like, it was freezing cold, which was a bit miserable, but yeah. <laughs> it was a walkie. Obviously, got a great – met a great friend in Maker, and um, being around, like, those Marquette guys and I've got some of the best mates to this day still from there. So um, it was a cool experience, but just the basketball I didn't I didn't really enjoy and um, I'd just rather be back home. So I decided to come back home and, um, yeah, I've just been enjoying playing in the NBL ever since and it's been fun.
0: Can you tell me about how you got an opportunity to play under Joey Ryden with guys like Nathan Sobey, Anthony Dremick at the Adelaide 36ers in 2018?
1: Yeah, well, Joey was trying to get me to go to Texas, actually, uh, Longhorns. So um, he'd always, he has something to do with the Basketball Queensland. He was the head of the Basketball Queensland stuff. Yeah, right. When I was in juniors, under-16s and all that. So I knew him well from that. And um, He sort of tried to get me to go to Texas or at least talk to Texas. And then, actually, he wanted me to come – signing the NBL instead of going to college and I wanted to experience college so I did that and and went over there and um, obviously didn't work out but as soon as I came back you know he was he was keen to sign me and um, I was grateful for that and um, I enjoyed my time in Adelaide it was pretty cool.
0: So can you tell me about what it was like to play under someone like Joey Wright?
1: Yeah he was cool you know Um, it's funny like obviously him and Gorge are pretty close and um the some similarities like between my first year and in, with Adelaide and my first year at gorgeous, just so similar like they're both dudes that really built you up and um off the court you could talk to them and have a beer with them and chat, you know, like just every day about your family, your life, what you like doing fishing, um all that sort of stuff. so it's pretty cool to um have a coach like that and then on the court they obviously they yell and they hold you yeah. accountable. yeah, um, but they're always out there looking to him and Gorge obviously out there looking to help people get better and they want to see you succeed so um, that was uh, pretty cool and, and special obviously to play for both him and Gorge.
0: So you want you went and won the QBL championship just before joining the Adelaide 36ers with the Townsville Heat. Can you tell me a bit about that championship experience for you?
1: Yeah I mean it was cool. I uh, came home obviously I wasn't in a great headspace fresh out of college and um, went to the Heat, played for DJ Rod and um, you know, I'd known him since I was little And he'd been around the Crocs forever And a lot of my best mates were there You know, PC Crawford um, He's one of my, my close mates And, um, you know, we just had a really good group You know, me, Jordair, Josh Wilcher, PC And Justin Baker was our starting five And then we had local legends Keegan Chudope and, you know, Marty Rees Brendan McCully coming off the bench um, So we had a real good group Probably one of the best NBL One groups um, I'd say for really to be put together ever, um, and came out and just had a really fun year. So um, I played well, and um, it was a good confidence builder leading into my first my rookie year. And um, it was just it was just cool to play back at home and uh, win the championship. So NBL one's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So then you went overseas to play in Poland. What you mentioned you didn't sort of enjoy the college experience too much. So what was um, the main decision factor? Um, in deciding to go overseas and play pol- in Poland.
1: Yeah, I think that was just sort of um, I didn't want to I didn't want to play NBL um, one, so I was like I'll go do something else. And Major was like, there's a good opportunity in Europe in a half decent league. Obviously, it's not a Spain or anything, but a half decent league where you can go and uh, try and experience that. And I got there, and I actually only played two games. So um, I got there, and that's when COVID hit. So I did uh, oh. I flew in on a Thursday, played Friday. I only played like two or three minutes because I didn't obviously practice or know the days. Mm-hmm. And then we drove four or five hours on a bus to another city. Went. We're suiting up to play the second game, I think, or third game. We're suiting up, we're warming up, and they came out and said it's shut down because of this super virus. So we, oh. <laughs> so we got on a bus. Uh, me and a bunch of Europeans broke out the Tito's tequila bottles and they just started all drinking like <laughs> drinking like fans do on the bus trip and yeah, yeah. pretty baddy bus trip for five hours back and then actually um got put got back to the little apartment I had a, a shitty little apartment and um it was just the city just got locked down everything got locked down yeah. um obviously started COVID 2020 and um, I was I was sitting in Poland, like my phone hardly works. I've been there for like a week, maybe. And then I was like, oh, uh, I messaged my agent, like, oh, let me get out of here. Like, there's no point. And they're like, oh, the club's the club won't pay you. I ended up being there for like a month while well, oh. we we didn't have any games. We we're just practicing because the, the yeah. season. But until the league had officially cancelled the the competition for the season, if I left before that, I was breaching contract. Oh have to pay me. So I was like been here not getting paid they still haven't paid me to this day the uh what? yeah so star guard <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember the name it's sponya sponya star So they still actually uh, owe me some money but Ooh. it was it was interesting to say the least so um i think it would have been cool to stick out a year in europe but since then you know it's been covered for the last two three years it hasn't been worth even trying to go back over and you know, maybe in the next year or two, depending on what happens with NBL stuff, so I might look at that. But um, my first experience definitely wasn't wasn't pleasant, but that was purely because of the COVID stuff.
0: We might tag him in the see if we can get you a bit, bit of your money back.
1: <laughs> nah, just leave
0: it. Eh? <laughs> just kidding.
1: They, they, hear it, they can hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did that opportunity when you come back from Poland um, to play at the Brisbane Bullets come about? I mean, it was you're coming into a COVID season in the NBL bubble, the NBL Cup. Um, a massive season for the league in terms of sponsorship money opportunities um, and especially working with someone like a Sam McKinnon who, you know, you've grown up around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I was a free agent out of Adelaide and all the stuff that happened in that second year happened and um, they were like, we, we, we like you, we want you here. Um, I sort of got that opportunity, went in, probably, didn't, probably wasn't as professional as I should have been and I think that's probably why I'm going back there this year. Um, and just to show that how much I've grown and um, obviously on both sides of it with um, the club and me playing there, it was, it was a, a good year. It was good for me to get there and enjoy my time, but um, I definitely will have a different mentality going in this year. Um, but it was cool just to get that opportunity to play there and um, obviously a reason I wanted to come back because I loved it. And um, Yeah, I'm excited.
0: So how did Brian Gorgon, the Illawarra Hawks, Dory Kadai, Brian Colangelo, um, and your brother Sam try and, you know, get you over to Illawarra?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I finished up at um, Brisbane and uh, I was moving on from there for um, all the, whatever reasons that was. And um, I was moving on. And Illawarra, obviously, I always wanted to play with Sam. We've never really played together. Like, we maybe played a couple of junior games, like when, I, when he played up a couple of levels yeah. in the local comp, domestic. But... Mm-hmm. Other than that, we'd never really played together. And we sort of – obviously, he'll he'll probably look at going, oh, he's re-signed for three years in Wollongong now. But I know he was looking at Europe. And obviously, he's got aspirations to hopefully make the NBA. And um, so, we didn't really have many chances to play together. So, I thought it would be cool. Um, it came down to them or one other team. And I thought it would be good to just go, you know, if you can't do it under Brian Gorgian and um, you can't win him over, then you can't really who's, do it under who so. Who's the other team? I'll keep that under wraps. <laughs>
0: that's all right. So what was, it, what was it like to, you know, finally play, Um, you know, a full season with your brother Sam, being around him every day at the club, being around Dory Kedai, Brian Gorgian, you know, Justinian Jessup, Tyler Harvey, all these kind of, kinds of guys.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. It's probably one of the best groups I've been on, like in terms of the bottom from like the coaching staff, Jacob Giacomas, like when he's a head coach, I still talk to him every day and he sends me some uh, – terrible terrible memes online and <laughs> back so I'm um, sure just like these guys I'm still talking to every day even though I'm I'm not going back to Wollongong and and gorge comes to some of the NBL. obviously was at NBL one game to watch and um, just it's just a great group like the guys like from the import like me and AC are super close um, he's gone to Adelaide Greta amet you know Sam obviously my brother like our relationships grown heaps just being around each other every day and hanging out and doing stuff and um, it was just really cool like see how they run stuff there and obviously there's a reason um, they're doing so well and and their culture's so good like Illawarra was never really known for its culture and um, now uh, as in they'll never really know for their culture as the players in terms of the club has a lot of culture and history yeah. but yeah. never like a was sort of no one really wanted to go to Wollongong no one wanted to be there there was no direction for the club every, sort of, every so
0: player
1: in and out, yeah. yeah so there was no real culture in terms of that but now they've really built that with Gorge coming in and um, obviously Jake leading that and the, the ownership group leading that and the culture they have now is like the dudes get in they go to work um, they work hard like all the boys are in the gym every day they're getting they're getting kicked out of the gym um, they're working hard and just to see that and um, sort of compare it to my past experiences at other clubs and seeing where I guess now being a bit older and mature I can go in and go I guess, try and help and build that at other clubs, you know. So, for example, go back to Brisbane and, and what I've learned and try and, and build off that um, and help build Brisbane up to that manner. And obviously, um, they're, they're rebuilding and uh, Wollongong will be rebuilding this year, but it's just a good experience to see sort of a different side of it, you know. So, Now,
0: I've had Justin Jessup uh, on the podcast. What's, what was he like to work with, especially, you know, your sort of big man down low catch and shoot shooter, you know, you can dish it off to him at the threes. He's going to knock it down.
1: Yeah, Jojo's a legend, man. Like he's such a good dude off the court. He'd always come over, and we'd watch the USC's on Sundays. Um, so me, him, and uh, Alex Madranya, we'd watch that and and just chill out. And um, obviously, is he's, he's a he's a heck of a player. Hopefully, he's in the NBA this year. But um, he was cool to play with. Like he always makes a right play, he plays defense, doesn't complain. Um, you know, when he shoots, it's probably going down. He doesn't really take bad shots. Like. You know, I sort of compare him to, like, Clay Thompson. Like, you don't really – he's not Steph Curry where he's dribbling around and doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff.
0: Catch and shoot. Off.
1: Catch and shoot. He's playing D and he's a superstar. So, it's just, like, it's cool to have guys like that that can put points on the board with uh, limited touches and, you know, limited dribbles. So, um, that was definitely really cool playing with him and, and he's a good friend.
0: So, how the Brisbane Bullets get you back seeing, you know, the progress you've made this season, not only in your game, your shape, um you know your mentality the way you you, the way you just sort of go about um your business on court and off court too
1: yeah I think just I guess they've always as Brisbane always like one of the best for me and Sam McKinnon's always said that and I guess just leaving there and left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth I'm sure it left a sour taste in their mouth like I wasn't what they expected and, and they weren't really what I expected and I had to mature and grow up a little bit and uh, obviously, going to Gorge and, and being under him and sort of seeing how they do stuff in Illawarra with the, the no bullshit and all that sort of yeah. stuff yeah. helped me. <laughs> um, just going there and and, and just realising, like, where I could have been better and where I plan on being better sort of thing. So that definitely helped me. And I guess, obviously, having Gorge on my side and, and the coaching staff there, like, if they've got good things to say about me and, you know, they're probably the most respected guys and, you know, Gorge being one of the most respected guys in Australia, if not the world, um, obviously, if he has good things to say about me, then that definitely helps my uh, my resume. So I think just building that trust, and um, I guess Brisbane got good feedback, and there's not a lot of six eleven stretch bigs out there. So I think um, that probably helps a little bit as well for me. But um, yeah, it's just good to go back and sort of come full circle, and hopefully, um, I can I can show what I've learned and, and show how I've improved.
0: You working? Um- with someone like a Tyrell Harrison, you're going to be working with Nathan Sobey. You're going to be working with all these kinds of guys, and obviously with them rebuilding, Robert Franks has gone to Adelaide, um, things like that. And how what are you what are you going to bring to and hopefully you know your your ability and you know maturity and um, I guess your experience to this Brisbane Bullets side, who are extremely young, for that matter of fact.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't have uh, we got. Soabs, Kadee, Tyrell, uh, Cody Stattman, young fellow. We signed a new, um, I guess Australian American as well, just recently. DJ Mitchell. I'm pretty sure his name is. And yeah. Um. Obviously, we're still working on a few things, but uh, we've only got we've got our Aussie core sort of together right now. And um, I love playing with Soabs. Love playing with Kadee. Like, still talk to those guys every day. Like, catch up with them when when I can in in, in other cities when I was playing elsewhere and all that sort of stuff. So. I love playing with those two dudes and being being past first guards. uh, That's just a cool thing. So to go back and and hopefully rebuild, uh, you know, we get the imports right and another one or two local, big local pieces or marquee signings, I think will definitely be competitive. So um, I think it will be good to obviously Sobes, Kadi, and Tyrell have been around each other for a couple of years now. And uh, Tanner Krebs coming back as well. They've just re-signed actually. So um, to see that continuation and um, that's the biggest thing. I think like retaining your Aussies and, sort of building and, and developing and then getting some uh, good imp- imports is what you need. So you look at the, you know, the Jacks, the, the Hawks, um, Melbourne Uniteds, like those guys, they, they retain those Aussies and uh, just keep building. So um, it's going to be really cool. And I'm super excited to get to, to Brisbane and, and start rebuilding it.
0: You play with the Hobart Chargers. This is NBL1 South season. Sam McKin- Sam McDaniel, sorry, just joined the team. What's it been like to work with someone like him? He's got championship experience coming into Tassie this year as, you know, a, a starting guard, shooting guard, I think, sort of coming off the bench for a bit of that season, working with Josh Adams, Josh Majet, those kinds of guys. What's it like to work with him um, at Hobart?
1: Yeah, it's been cool. Like, um, obviously, I've got to know him the last couple of weeks pretty well, and, um, you know, being NBL guys, obviously, we respected each other already, but um, just to play with him and see how he does it, like, man, he plays he plays full-court D. Like, that 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 is tiring, man, and the way he goes, like he's a dog on defense, like he's up in your grill, he's tough, he's physical, like he's strong and obviously he's he's still working on some of his offensive game but that's why he's come here and um, he's got the freedom like I do to go out there and make plays and um, you sort of see guys evolve over the offseason, I think um, him going to this boomer stuff is going to be big for him and then coming back and keep developing his offensive game because you know defensively he's already one of the best in the NBL and um, if he can keep building and, and developing his offensive game like he is this off-season and like he's been doing in our recent games that he's played, um, I think he's going to be due for a couple of massive years in the NBL. So um, he's a great dude to have around, great leader and, and good friend.
0: What's your aim for the NBL on South season? Is it to you know, get your body in great shape, your shooting? I mean, what part of your game do you really want to improve on heading into the NBL, NBL season?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously try and stay in the shape I was in last year and, and lead into preseason and then build off that. Um, get in better shape than I was at the end of the NBL season. Uh, that's another thing. Um, obviously, my shooting—I haven't been shooting great. Um, but obviously, it's it's a bit different coverages out here. I'm getting doubled and triple teamed, so it's it's not as easy to yeah yeah uh, the, the wide open shops when they've got they're running JJ JJ off the line or Tyler Harvey off the line and and you're left wide open because you're a third priority. <laughs> uh, not as easy as that. So I got to hit a, a couple more tough shots here, but. Um, just playing hard and, and and playing the right way. I think developing my leadership a little bit and trying to help these guys get better. You know, we have got a really young group of of guys, and um, obviously our goal is to win a championship, and and that's what we're working towards. And we've been we've been rolling. We probably shouldn't have dropped one or two games. The game against Ringwood, we definitely shouldn't have dropped. Been up twenty six at halftime, or whatever. But um, that was probably one of the worst losses I've ever been a part of. Um, but yeah, we're definitely building towards a championship, and, and that's the goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Harry, just before we finish up, what's your best advice uh, to anyone who wants to be a professional basketballer and you know, be successful like yourself?
1: Best advice? Um, I probably say have a good, good circle around you, good support crew. You know, someone that's going to hold you accountable. So, um, I think that's a big thing. Like people that you know, I've still got it to this day when you're doing things wrong and. Um, you're not doing you're not handling things they should be on the court or not handling things they should be off the court, someone that's gonna get out on it, cause a lot of the guys that come into this league, you know, when you're 18, 19, you can you can get led astray and um, you can fizzle out pretty quick. So um, it's definitely a tough league to make and in terms of all sporting codes, you know, have a good circle around you and you look at some of the stuff that's going on with, you know, NRL players and AFL players and just some of the decisions they make. It's always good to have someone in your ear that, you know, can say no or don't do that. Don't be a don't be an idiot, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, Harry, you know, for coming on, sharing your story. Um, It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on um, in our Road to 100, episode 98. A couple more episodes to come, and hopefully, yeah, it should be a great 100.
1: Appreciate it, boss. Um, It's been good, good being on.
0: Thanks so much, Harry. Best of luck for the NBL season with the Bullets and the NBL One South season.
1: Appreciate it, buddy.
0: Thanks, Harry. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN.